Oh, he knocked the cabbage down. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. Supplementsource.ca if you're in Canada. Shout out to everybody who's supporting the program on Patreon. And for the Jubilee weekend of June 4th, you can go to the Bournemouth Bodybuilding Contest featuring Eval. Did I do that good? <laughs> Oh, and of course, Eval, you can uh, get your lab work done by Dave, and you can get a pizza. Uh, get a pizza from Dave, three toppings of your choice. He'll deliver that to your door. If he's not there in 30 minutes, your lab work is free. Dude, I about died when I saw this with special McNally sauce. Guys, for the audio people, Dave has a pizza box in his hand that says Crossland Pizza and Stuff with special McNally sauce. Dude. One of your, one of your uh, clients brought that to you? Yeah, and you know what? I, I am so, so sorry. I can't remember his name. You fucking dick. You don't I remember am. who it was. You've been busy. No, and I, 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 will, I will take that. I, I am a dick. I am shameful. I must be beaten harshly. <laughs> it is Apparently his, his wife made it, but it is cool as fuck. Oh, my In God, fact, it's amazing. I, she did. She did put a business card in it, which seems to have fallen out of it. Of so course I will it find did. that, and next week we'll promote. Okay, I like that idea. By the way, guys, speaking of the show, we have to uh, keep these. Uh, we're going to keep it abridged. Here's the deal: Victoria has a conference, uh, so I'm going to be out of town uh, in in lovely Chicago land, and actually downtown Chicago for a few days. So we're going to miss the next recording. What we're going to do is we're going to knock out. Two quick shows here. It's two 30-minute shows. So we're going to do two half shows, put them out. That way you guys still have something to watch on Mondays. And thank you guys for, you know, always tuning in and supporting the show, your comments, likes, all that stuff. It definitely helps to boost us up. And uh, feel free to ask questions. We'll try to tackle them after I get back. Uh, today, we have a topic. This will be a fun topic. It'll be the three biggest mistakes that steroid users make with their cycles. Dave and I are going to go back to back. We'll start with three, then we'll go to two, one. We'll, we'll, if we have an honorable mention, we can throw that in. But uh, this will be fun. Are you, are you fucking pumped, Dave? Because you look pumped. Can you tell the excitement on my face? You're so fucking British, Dave. You know, somebody thought they're like, they thought you were from the U.S. that last episode because we were like, no, that's not true, man. You can't bring steroids back. And his name was like San Diego something something. He was like, I tried to do it 15 years ago, man, and they did not go lightly on me. And then it turns out I was like, dude, are you talking about the U.K. or the he was trying to bring gear back from Mexico? There's <laughs> not a good move. Not a good move. All right. Go on. Then you go first. All right. So in, in number three, number three, I, here's what I was thinking. There's two major mistakes that people make, two types of mistakes. One would be mistakes that would affect their oh, health. It's, it, it's one mistake <laughs> per thing. What are we talking about? Two mistakes. Just let me talk. Let me finish. I'm All getting right. I'm getting All to right. that. There's there's two types of mistakes I think people make. One relates to uh, one category is health. And the other category is doing something that's going to be counterproductive to your progress. 
so I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with one um, that would be actually both related, I think. And that is not having everything on hand when you start your cycle. I've known so many people that are like, I've got one vial of test and I'm going to get some Arimidex next week. I don't need it yet. <laughs> and I've got five D-ball tabs and, uh, you know, two vials of growth. And I'm going to pick up some more along the way. So I'm good. I think if you're going to run a steroid cycle, especially somebody who's new, somebody who's going to come off when they're done, you want to have everything on hand, including if you're using an AI, you have your AI in hand. If you're going to use PCT, have your PCT on hand. Get it all lined up before you finish, before you start that that cycle. I've seen people at end of cycles where they've like, right, I need to start on PCT, but I don't have it and I'm not getting paid for X amount of weeks and I'll have yeah. to wait and then they're this, this struggling. So that's definitely a very valid point, sir. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad you agree with me okay. for once. What do you got? I do. So I'm going deep and heavy on the first one. Okay. Okay. Using gear in the first place. What? It's not for everybody. Okay. The amount of people I see on a weekly basis that are like, right, mate, sorry, you'll need to use TRT. And they're absolutely devastated by it. Well, why? I didn't think this would ever happen. Well, you know, maybe really gear wasn't for you in the first place. Mm, you mean, yeah, I got gotcha. you. You know, so uh, people people go into it very often having no real idea of, of what it entails or what the potential consequences are. And once they've experienced the progression that can be made with that little injection, it's difficult. It's like donuts, you know. Once you've taken a bite, you don't put the fucker down. You finish the donut. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's, you know, it, it can be difficult. It can be difficult for people that once they've experienced progress that you get on anabolics, that they, they struggle to ever go back to 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 not being assisted. Uh, and I, yeah. I speak to people on a daily basis that you would, for any one term of phrase, you'd say we're addicted. I can so I can totally it, agree with that. That's a good one. It's, it's not for everybody. Uh, and for some people, they're... If they never experienced what being assisted was, they would never miss it. But they have, and, and now they struggle to walk away, even when they need to. All right. So I think my number two goes along with your number three. My number two mm -hmm. is not having done enough research. I've talked mm -hmm. to too many people that they don't even know what they're taking. Some bro told them in the gym this would be, you know, do this. You want to run this. Or or my buddy gained 20 pounds on this cycle. He ran Trenin test and whatever else. So I'm going to run that. And, you know, along with what you're saying, I've known too many people that have gotten into gear not recognizing the impact that it is going to have long term. So definitely do your research. Oh, you could add on to that the in milliliter crowd or in your case the cc crowd that don't actually understand milligrams oh yeah that's all part Which, of that again, sure. yeah that's all part of understanding and research is you know what you're taking i'm taking x amount of mil well yeah but what is that you know you, how many milligrams what's your drug dose that um yeah. and that, that's commonplace as well yeah because the mate said oh yeah just take just take two mil of test a week mate you'll be fine you know, you got T500 or some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
It's working great. <coughs> but I can't sit down. What do you got? Yes. What do you got for two, Dave? So I've been quite specific on two. Okay. So I started with a big general, uh, and now I've moved to a very specific using let's resolve for your estrogen management. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can get with I think it. It, it's, it's a very rare occasion you need to use an AI that fucking strong. Yeah. Um, and, but, uh, you know, people, people, well, or you could even argue in this particular case of over suppression of estrogen. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a mistake. Which would probably be a better, better way of putting it. So, you know, so many people just slam their estrogen too low and then don't get the progress they should get because they're not having the benefits of their estrogen being managed correctly. Yeah. I've done that myself. I remember my first two cycles, I used Novadex for estrogen control. Then I discovered Arimidex and guess what? I didn't grow nearly as well because I was, you know, bottoming, bottoming out my estrogen with too much good quality farm grade Arimidex from that. I got from the UK actually. I got good gear. Over there. <laughs> so that sounded like that was going to swing into an advert then. Delivered by (laughs) good quality Arimidex. You can get your Arimidex. Use our code. (laughs) You actually can if you go to Amino Asylum. Check it out. Is that okay? Okay. So, yeah, basically over control of estrogen. You know, I mean, um, you see it quite commonly. Um, It happens more often than not, and, and people are beginning to realize that it's not about low estrogen, it's about adequate estrogen management. And it's not just the lack of progress. You know, low estrogen is going to cause big impact on your HDL, so you create another problem you need to deal with then, uh, you know, and everything else that goes with it. So uh, it's, like with all these drugs, it's management rather than obliteration, which in certain cases is seems to be the approach people like to take. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So my number one, it ties into your number three once again, and that is not learning how to make gains without the gear in the first place. There are so many people that have never made good progress. They don't know how to grow to begin with. And then to tie in with what you were saying in your number three, then what ends up happening is is that they're completely dependent. They go on a cycle. They make great progress. Everybody around him tells him like, oh my gosh, you're so committed. You're doing such a good job. You know, it becomes it becomes a high almost. It becomes part of your identity. And then guess what? You you don't get those little those little dopamine hits after you've come off because you don't know how to freaking grow anymore. You don't know how to maintain the mass that you've gained. And that's where that cycle, that vicious cycle comes in, where then you get back on sooner than you probably should have. Where the way Dusty Handshaw puts it. He said, we have three factors to grow. Number one, being food, two, being uh, training, and number three, being gear. And we can, you know, there's going to be times where we can only rely on two of the three of those things. And gear is never the one that you want to rely on. If you can always fall back on training and nutrition, then you've got your foundation. And then when you add the gear, it just helps to push things faster. So that's my number one. It's a bit. I suppose, really, if you want to put it in a in a, a vehicle analogy, you know, it's like having a stock piece of shit engine and then sticking nitrous on it. Yeah, you'll go faster, but as soon as you turn the nitrous off, you've still got a piece of stock shit engine. Yeah, build a good, the foundation, yeah. build the engine. engine correctly, 
and then you use the gear to add the, the spice on top. Um, okay, so my number one. Yes. And mainly because it's the one I see day in, day out. It's the one I see with the, the, the commonality. It's the one that I see most people struggle with or have issues around, and it's the one I see that tends to shock people the most because they think they're doing a good job and then they get blood work done and realise actually they're, they're in a bit of a mess. And that is to hire crews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And that's common it's, nowadays. It's, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, what you, it's, what you, what's Christmas Cabbage doing over there? What's that noise he's making? It's not him. The ginger nobbit has arrived and tried chasing the cat. Your dog? Your Well, not your dog. Your temporary dog? He's going soon. Um, yeah. is he, he, he has a new he has a new family coming. Is he there with you right now? He, what, he's under my desk. Yeah. Oh my god! If he crawls out, I, I want to see him. I want I want you to lift well, him. Well, he, he knows he, he he knows he's done wrong. Don't you? <laughs> Come on. So oh he knows he's done wrong. Oh my god! Come on, you big fat dozy twat! Come here. He's hiding. I could hear him like snorting and stuff. Yeah. Well, I saw him for a second. Well, that's, that's okay. That, that's that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave him, love. I'll sort it afterwards. Um. So yeah, I mean that that's the thing that that, that probably I see the most issue with is, is is people just cruising on too high a dose and. And then they, they, they're like, oh, I'll get me blood something for my next cycle. It's like, well, you, you can't start your next cycle. You're fucking hemos through the bloody roof. Yeah. Um, you know, well, this is a problem or well, that is a problem. You need to really get these fixed before you go on cycle. And, and they're like, oh, fuck, how did this happen? Well, it happened because you've been running 250 mega fucking tests a week. Yeah. You've never you, given your body a chance to recover. Why do you think that so many people have become interested in IP6 in the last year and everybody's talking about hematocrit? Yeah, you know, like hematocrit issues are something you generally see in older steroid users. You know, as we age, we start to have more issues when we use gear. Our livers might not do as well with it, or we might get, you know, higher hematocrit faster. When in reality, a young guy, he's the two, 22 year old guys are coming to me and dealing with high hematocrit consistently. It's been high for a long time. And you're right, man. Bring that cruise dose down. And, and, and that goes, I think, I think it ties in with a lot of the other stuff too. Like if you know how to train hard and grow from that, you know how to eat to grow, then you know what? The, the gear is, you can bring it back down to TRT and you're going to still grow muscle. Not as fast, but you can still add tissue. Okay. Have we got time for a little add-on to this? Yeah, yeah. Honorable mention time. What do you got? All right. Quick, Clay. Top three do's. Top three do's. Well, watch drugs and stuff. That's number one. Uh, hire Dave right. or Scott. That's number two. And uh, get your lab work done by eval and get a free pizza. No, what do you got? I, I, I don't. I don't have three. We could. We could make that into a whole other episode. Actually, the top three do. Well, if you if you want to, but I was going to go yeah. run the train. Yeah. Um, would be my number one. Okay. How about and I've just complete. I've just completely forgot the other fucking two. Well, learn to eat. Well, yeah, but no, let's 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 save that. Actually, let's make a make a thing out of that because 
I did have three in my head, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, they've just fucking escaped. <laughs> hey, look at that. Good afternoon from South Africa. We got a bunch of people on the live feed. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, unfortunately, we have to keep this show a little bit shorter since I'm going out of town this next week, and we still want to be able to get two episodes out. Ooh, ooh, we got the smart Scott with us. Scott Stevenson is here. Says Dave was never quite big enough to blot out the white lines. <laughs> that was referring to. <laughs> that was referring. You know to when you go picture. off somebody. You know when when someone just does something and it completely changes your opinion of them. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Love you, love you, love you, really, Scott. All right, listen. We're gonna still try to. <coughs> we're gonna try to tackle some listener questions here, and then we are going to wrap this thing up. So let's take like three of them, and then after that, we're gonna have to close. We will be back next week, and then after that, we'll be uh, back to normal here. We'll get three, four questions in. Uh, question for the next show: uh, What are any thoughts on the accuracy of scales which measure body fat percentage? He's talking about like the electronic impedance tests. I think they are getting better. I don't think they are brilliant. Yeah. They can be useful if you're consistent at a, a way of tracking loss or gain. I wouldn't say that their percentages are accurate to what actual percentages are. They are very heavily influenced by hydration. Uh, so water intake can have a big, big effect on them. But I believe they're getting better. Um, I mean, I think the ones that were out, you know, sort of five, ten years ago were absolutely fucking garbage. And I think the ones that are around now are actually uh, actually getting somewhere near. So, so I do think they are improving. I've seen so many people. So they have, um, I don't know if you guys have this brand there. Um, oh, what's it called? In, in fit or in depth i can't remember the name of it there's but they have this big bioimpedance <clears throat> machine at a lot of the gyms okay and the personal trainers use them and they have their clients step on them each week and then they hold the handles in their bare feet and then it gives them a printout and it tells them what body fat percentages in each arm each leg and their torso what they you know and then they can chart their progress i think that's all cool but it it it's it is so not the be all end all. You know, the big thing is, like you were saying, Dave, that they they are better better than they were, but they are not accurate. That they, they're measuring the water. Basically, it's sending an electric current from one side to the other, right? And if your water retention has changed, it will change. So I've had guys that are depleting. Let's say that you know, let's say it's a two hundred pound guy. We're at 197 and we, you know, we're in a low carb state and now he's depleted. And before we load him up, he steps on that scale and says, oh my God, I lost four pounds of muscle and I gained a pound of fat, you know, in the last week. And it's just because it's the, the hydration and the muscle is different. So you got to really take those things with a grain of salt. That'd be my take. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't see much of a problem with the old seven-point caliper reading. It's not brilliant, but it, it's it's good enough. Yeah, and pictures. You know, from a tra from a tracking point of view, not particularly from an estimation of body fat percentage, but from a tracking point of view, it's good enough. Yeah, I don't have my client clients do that though. I, I 
I have them use pictures. We use the pictures and the scale. And then we talk about how their clothes are fitting. We talk about how their mm. progress is going in the gym. And we can use all those things to kind of paint a picture of what's happening. You know? if, if you are competitive bodybuilding, how you appear is the important factor. That's the end goal is how you look. Yeah. What your body fat percentage is to get that desired look is irrelevant. Really. It, it is just what it is. You know, if you want to look lean, that's what you need to look like. It's as simple as that. Yeah. All right. Um, question for the next show. Why are the trapezoids never used as an injection site? They are a large muscle. Uh, they are larger muscle than the deltoids after all. Love the show. Keep it up from Troy. Troy, by all means, try them, and then you will know why. Why, Dave? What'll happen? Because it hurts like far. <laughs> they are. Um, you you will get more pain from any muscle that's a particularly dense muscle, dense in muscle fiber, dense in muscle structure. So calves, forearms, very very painful. Uh, obviously, the issue with both those muscle groups is the fact that we move the body parts attached to them an enormous lot. Mm. You know, we move our feet all the time. We move our hands all the time. Because yeah. traps tie into neck, tension in the trap, so tightness in the trap is going to cause tension in the neck. It's going to give you a headache straight away. Um, traps just don't cope with it very well at all. The, the muscle is too dense. Therefore, an injection does swell. It causes localized pains. It causes localized tightening. That will translate the tightening in the neck and, and eventually the scalp and the head. And, and you will end up with fucking headache. Back in the day, I didn't know about this at the time. My dad's friends were all using gear. Uh, back when I was like seven, eight years old, I used to go to the gym with my dad. And I'd sit like on the sidelines while all the guys were lifting and everything. And it was like, it, it was a cool gym, like old school, no, no air conditioning. Everybody, that big chalk bin and everybody was like making loud noise. Nobody wore like gym shark clothes at the time or fancy stuff. It was like... The same clothes you would wear to change your oil in your car, you know? That's, oh my God, you got him up there. He sounds just like you. Oh my God. This is Ginger Nobbed. You renamed him. Yeah, Ginger Nobbed. <laughs> He's fucking adorable. Let's just take a minute, guys. Oh, he knocked the cabbage down. You want that fuck? Don't you get? That was amazing. Did you give him the cabbage to chew on, or would that be? No, is he? Is he? Okay. I was no, gonna... okay. It will kill. It will. Woody? It will kill cabbage. Woody. All right. Um, <coughs> like thought... he killed my fucking trainers. <laughs> I found out though that they were uh, using stuff, and the the main guy who basically ran the place was the one who was doing all their shots, and they were doing trap shots because they said it would like unlock the testosterone and something like that. So <coughs> every two Fucking weeks, brave, man. every two weeks, you got a shot of test in the traps, and then you spent a week walking like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what else do we have here? Um, hello from Canada. Great episode, gents. Question for the next week. 
Thoughts on creatine supplementation while on cycle. Is there any benefits or is it redundant? I've always noticed it's easier for me to stay hydrated when taking five grams a day and the pumps I get last longer. I am a great believer in high creatine when on cycle. Yeah. Mm. I believe it's synergistic with gear um, and it has a complementary effect. Sure. Uh, and the gear tends to want higher levels of creatine. Hmm. Um, so I'm a big fan. Some some gear will help to partition it better, like uh, Anivar, for instance, will help you mm. to store more creatine. So it would totally make sense, especially with a compound like that, you know? Mm, yeah, no, I'm a big, big, big fan. He, he's, he's asked a very good in- question this week that we definitely need to touch next week if we don't touch it today. Well, let me add to that, too, that if um, if you are noticing a positive benefit from something, like you're like, hey, I feel fuller. I feel stronger when I take this supplement. Even if Dave and I told you, no, it's bullshit. You don't need to take creatine while you're on cycle. We're wrong if it's making you feel better and you're stronger, right? You know what I mean? Well, you know, there, there, are, there are basic... I wouldn't say rules, but there are basic knowledge around basic effects of supplements and drugs and this, that, and other. But there are also outliers. There are people that have unusual impacts, have unusual reactions. Yeah. Um, you know, so it isn't gospel. You you also have to, you take the information, you add a pinch of salt, you, you do the basics in relation to yourselves, and then you monitor how you react and adjust if necessary to suit you as an individual. Absolutely. All right. You're talking about the live feed, right? Uh, who are you speaking mm. of? We've got a few questions here. We could try to tackle these if we you know, plow through them. Which, which well, Nevin's are? asked about any studies that show trend increases impulsive behavior. Mm. Okay. So there are several studies that show all anabolics increase impulsive behavior because they have an impact both on the amygdala, but they have an impact on neurons, and they have an impact on gray and white matter in the brain. Uh, the main educational institute that's looked at brain activity within anabolics is Oslo. So you want to look at the studies coming out of Oslo University. I am not aware of anyone using anabolics as a defense in court. However, I personally believe it is actually a potentially robust defense. Hmm. Because there is the science to support that anabolics change your perception, your impulsivity, your reactions, um, as in how strongly you react to a stimulus. Yeah, especially, mentally. especially with uh, the way our society regards steroids, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could easily, I could easily see that as being a defense that people would buy. Uh, I've spent most of my harm reduction career saying anabolics don't make people angry, just angry people take anabolics, and, and I'm wrong. Hmm. They do, they do make people angry. There's evidence to show now that, that anabolics will change the physical structure of the amygdala, which is your emotional control center. You know, it, it changes white matter and gray matter concentrations, which have a big impact on how impulsive you are and how reactionary you are. So how strongly you react to a stimulus, yeah. i.e. how angry you get at something that pisses you off. Um, so I, I have no, no doubt there is grounds for a defensive argument if somebody puts it together. Uh, I've never seen it. 
Um, I've never actually seen it. I've never seen anyone try it. But, but I, I, I think it, it's got wings if someone tried it, yeah. Hmm. Don't get any ideas, guys. No. All right. Let's see. We can knock through a couple of these live feed questions. Um, what about Alfonso? By the way, Alfonso, who comments with us often, he has his own podcast. Believe it or not, he's a lawyer, if you didn't guess by the suit. He's got his a law, a law podcast. He just had Rick, uh, Rick Collins on the other day. Yeah, he was um, he was messaging me about going on, um, and I'm not sure what happened. We seem to have got caught. Probably my fault. So if it is Alfonso, I apologize sincerely. I am sorry if I have failed to reply when I should have done, but I am interested. would love to come on. We're just struggling to tie in times, I think, at the moment, mainly. I have a feeling that he probably got talking to you and then he changed his mind, you know? Probably, yeah, probably. Probably thought, oh, that useless <laughs> fat ginger wanker. I don't want anything to do with a twat. Let's fuck him off. <laughs> All right. He says, uh, great show, guys. Any thoughts on trap bar deadlifts for reps? Is it more back or for legs? I can pull and I can pull more weight with the trap bar, um, but some are against it. I mean, really, the, the question too is like deadlifts is a back or leg exercise. That's been an argument for the last couple of years. It gets it's gotten heated online, you know. I think a lot of it depends on how you educate, um, execute the lift uh, and where your body position is within that lift. Yeah. Um, you want to make a, a dead or a, or a movement of that nature more back focused, then you need to bring your back into it. You bring your back into it by how you use your leg drive or not, as the case may be. Hmm. Um, and, and then the other thing is how you hold the bar at the top of the movement. You know, if you lift the chest, retract the shoulder blades, you're going to engage more back in that movement than if you just stand up straight with a drop trap. So it's a lot on, on the execution of the movement rather than the bar selection, I would have said, personally. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. Um, Reza from South Africa says, um, is it possible that test over 500 milligrams a week could cause full body inflammation? Whenever I go over 500 milligrams, my body just feels broken. I get tired and ache all over. Sounds like that's food. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Mm. I wonder if yeah, it does. I wonder if Reza stayed on that dose, if it would clear up after a couple of weeks. <coughs> you know. Potentially, and also depending on how he's injecting the dose. What do you mean? Well, is he doing single shot? Is he doing split shot? Is oh. he, if he dive, if he drops it down to say three or even four shots a week, he might find that the problem's not as bad. Yeah. All right. I'm going to grab one more here. Let's see what we got. Just random one. Awesomeness from Sergio. Question for the next Cabbage Show. <laughs> I would like to see what would you change or add to a stack if one was using high deca low test and experiencing gyno from prolactin. Overall, no issues with deca, no mood issues. Should I add prammy or caber? or lower DECA and add DHT derivatives. I think this is in relation to last week we talked about high DECA, low test cycles. I'd be more tempted to do blood work and see what's where and where it is before I added anything in because I want to make sure I'm dealing with the correct thing. 
Yeah. Though prolactin doesn't have a direct action for gyno, it has a secondary action. So prolactin will elevate the number of estrogen receptors at the nipple, making the nipple more sensitive to estrogen. But ultimately, it's still estrogen that causes the problem. Now, the action of prolactin can mean that that uh, what would norm a normal estrogen level that you would normally tolerate quite well can then become problematic. But it is still estrogen that actually causes the gyno. So I'd test to see where my prolactin is, uh, and then administer if I needed to CABA, or if I needed to an AI to bring the estrogen down, or potentially both, depending on where I am. Yeah. Yeah, I would think lab work would be the number one thing to do first. Because how do you, that was my first question is how does he know that that's what the, mm. the issue is, you know? But if prolactin is elevated from estrogen fluctuations, then I would probably go P5P. If you start P5P before the cycle, then it usually can be enough. If you're dealing with elevated prolactin in an andrelone cycle post start, then I would be looking at something like Caber or Prime. Yeah. Caber works fast too. Mm, does yeah. you you'll you'll have an impact off the first half tablet you drop. Point five, two times a week, is that what mm. you do too? That's what I would be looking to start at, depending on levels. If prolactin's five hundred and we're in an andalone cycle, I might even start at quarters. Okay. All um, right. Depends on how it is. Well, I hate to cut the show short. But listen, guys, if you uh we appreciate you being here and we'll try to uh well, not try to. We will be back to our normal schedule. Uh, so we appreciate you guys hanging with us through your abbreviated program. Uh, if you want to reach out to Dave for coaching, go to crosslands.org.uk. Hit me up, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. Uh, of course, go to the Born Mouth Bodybuilding Show on uh, June 4th. And uh, you know what? Go to our sponsors, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK supplementsource.ca uh, and go to eval for your lab work we got links to all that stuff below all right guys we'll see you next time 